0: In my school days, I tended to enjoy pretty much every subject except math. Did not like math, was not very good at it. So one year in high school, was early in high school, had a math course. And I typically was able up until that point to just, you know, study enough and get the grade and move on with my math classes. But now I kind of had met an impasse with this class. I think it was geometry. And it just so happens we also had a quite exacting teacher. He was rather strict and pretty wanted what he wanted, and uh, so eventually the day came where I, uh, I took a test, and I didn't do well on it, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't uh, get a good grade on it, and had uh, the tests were handed back to us and, and came with the fateful words from the teacher, Stephen, can I just talk to you after class, you know, uh-oh, <laughs> didn't usually hear those words, uh, so I was terrified, I expected to get chewed out by my teacher about how poorly I'd done and all that. To my surprise, though, what I was met after the students had all cleared out, and they're here in this exacting, strict professor and myself, uh, I was met with amazing kindness and immediately just uh, a change in demeanor, and all of a sudden I could see he was just here to to make sure I was doing okay, to, to help me understand these concepts of these math terms and to help me to be able to pass the future exams and to do well and excel in this class and just just amazing compassion. And this teacher so clearly showed to me that he cared, that he cared enough to help me excel. And that changed everything, right? That changed everything. Th- seeing this, this love from this teacher who wanted me to do well, I saw him now in a completely new light. I didn't see the strictness or the exactingness that myself and other students had seen. I saw a new side to him. I saw who he truly was, one with a big heart and wanted to pass on his education to me. And another factor, another effect was I began to love that subject. I began, that became one of my favorite classes that year. And I, I'd say what I experienced in that, that encounter with him was a, was a little a paradigm shift, you could call it. A little sh- change in my perspective on who he is and who he, what he was trying to accomplish. Jesus today in this parable presents not just a mini paradigm shift, but a massive one. A massive paradigm shift for all the Jewish scribes and Pharisees and for you and me in regard to how we understand God. Who is our Lord? He tells us through this parable, this most famous, most beloved of parables, he tells us that the God you know and serve, he's not the strict and exacting God that you think he is. Yes, he is the Almighty, he deserves our obedience the image that best captures our God is a loving, compassionate Father who is willing to run out to meet us even after we have fallen so badly. He's willing to come out to that older son who is in his bitterness kept outside. The Lord our God, a loving Father. And that is a radical paradigm shift for the Jews and for you and me at times After Jesus tells us of this merciful Father, things are no longer as they were before. We now know God for who he truly is. He's our Father who created us to be free, who suffers when we are lost, who suffers when we suffer, and who rejoices when we return to him. Now, it's one thing to hear about God as a loving Father. We've all heard it before. It's one thing to hear about his mercy. It's a whole other thing entirely to experience it firsthand. So when is the last time you've experienced God's love and mercy, particularly in the sacrament of reconciliation? When's the last time you experienced those words that being absolved of all your sins? This is why Jesus invented this sacrament 2,000 years ago, so that you and I could receive that encounter of his love and mercy in a personal way. I speak about it often because it's so impactful to me as a priest but there are so many joys of the priesthood but the one that wins out for me is is hearing those confessions especially of those that have been 5 years, 10, 30, 40, 50 years since their last confession and hearing having them hear the father's forgiveness encountering that love and compassion and seeing the relief, seeing the tears. God is so good. God is so good. He loves to forgive. It's his favorite way of showing us how much we are loved. And that experience of God's love and mercy, it changes us. It gives like a paradigm shift again. It changes us. It changes people. Just like with my math teacher, encountering compassion, it brings for one thing relief, right? It also brings just a joy. And it helps us to see things correctly, to see relationships correctly, to see God not as our boss but as our loving father. So then we don't see mass as just an obligation, something that we're required to do as his employees, or being nice to one another, forgiving one another, taking care of one another, giving to the poor. Those are not just job descriptions of of his employees. Those are invitations from our loving God to be a part of his family, his loving family, to be his beloved sons and daughters who are invited to share in all that the Father has. That's what he tells the older son. All I have is yours, and that's what he tells you and me this morning. That's what we've come here at this Mass to share in, to share in that celebration, to rejoice that ours is a loving God who is rich in mercy, who so longs to forgive us. And we rejoice today on this Rejoice Sunday because ours is a God who loves us that much.